Procrastination. The action of delaying or postponing something. I preached on this before, but I am here again to confess that I myself am a serial procrastinator. Something I very much struggle with, and I hope many of us can relate to, is that struggle of putting something off until tomorrow. There's that little voice in our head that can say, uh, you know what, maybe tomorrow. One more episode of this. That seems tough. I'm going to wait. Ugh, that's gross. Really, do we have to think about that? It's late. I'm tired. We can do that later. We always have tomorrow. It's an unappealing voice to listen to, yet it can be very attractive in what it is proposing. Now, this is the reality as well that we sometimes have to put things off. We can't always do everything today, and that's part of that discernment of, Lord, what is it that you're calling me to do today? What's most important for me today? What am I called to face? What am I called to fight with? What am I called to work for today? And what can I put off until later? But typically the things, and this is what I'm talking about with procrastination, that we wait for are those things that are rather difficult. It can be a wound that we've been holding on to that needs healing. It can be a grudge that we're holding that could benefit for, from forgiveness. It can be something that we're struggling with in sin and temptation. There's all these things that require uh, attention and perhaps immediate action, but we oftentimes will wait because we think of that time that is assured in the future, that the future is already set in stone, that we can rely on tomorrow. But oftentimes we are reminded, unfortunately, by tragedy, whether it's in the world, in our own lives, and what we experience through the world, uh, whether it be medical issues, perhaps a sudden, tragic, unexpected death of a family member or a loved one or a friend. It could be something that we don't expect, but it reminds us smack dab in the middle of our lives that our life is not forever, that our time is not guaranteed, that we have this great gift of life and we are called to make use of it, to live it out and to recognize that great gift every moment and every day. Most especially, we are called to recognize our faith, that this is the biggest, easiest thing for us to procrastinate on. I'll pray later. You know what? Eventually I'll get to reading the Bible. You know what, I should go to confession, but it's been a long day, and it's a long drive to the church. I'm worried about what Father Gabe might think of me if I say this. <laughs> Don't worry about that. But, but those can be the fears, the excuses that can help us procrastinate. But today our Lord calls us out of that spirit of procrastination. This time of Lent itself is meant to refocus us on the Lord and to bring to the forefront those things that we have put on the back burner, those things that we have built walls around to distract us and to hide um, from our sight and from our minds. The Lord today calls us to something very difficult but very healthy. He calls us to repentance. Now, of course, through our baptism we are saved, that we receive sanctifying grace and we receive new life in the Lord, but repentance is an ongoing process, that it requires that continual recognition of that which is in my life that is not good and turning back to the Lord, continually growing, continually having those many deaths and resurrections through our Lord and trusting in his grace, his love and mercy. The beginning of the gospel today, Jesus is confronted by these tragedies that um, some of the people have brought to him. This one in particular, the tragedy of those who are slaughtered, the uh, Gentiles who are killed by 
by, uh, by um, Romans that are sacrificed and mixed with the blood of their sacrifices. This great tragedy that God's people are being murdered. And to think at that point, uh, is to, it's seen as like one, either an abandonment of God, or two, that these people have somehow deserved this terrible fate. What the Lord wants us to focus on is not that it's because of our sins or our actions that tragedy comes about. We live in a world where people can freely inflict evil on others. There is free choice. There is the fall of this world, the reality of sin and death and suffering. But in this, there is a worse death. And this is what our Lord points out, that our fate would be worse than theirs if we do not repent. Not just a physical death, but a spiritual death. That which we should ultimately fear. And this can be heavy, but the message here isn't one of condemnation or damnation, but it's a call to hope, a call to joy, a call to repentance, that hope that this does not have to be the way, that death does not have the final say. The Lord is calling us to this repentance. And ultimately what repentance is, is one, recognizing there's something not right here in my life. There's something not okay And then to see, not just to recognize it, as painful as that is, that's the first step. And it's hard because it's a wound to our pride. And it can be difficult to face these things. But then also to say, I do not desire this anymore. There's something wrong here. And I desire to turn to the Lord, to turn this around, to flip it on its head. Not by myself, but by God's grace, by his love, and by my intentional cooperation with that grace. So then it is a recognition of that which is not okay, that which is death to me, that which is poisonous to me and unhealthy in my life, and to turn away from it to the grace and healing mercy and love of our Lord. And then he connects this in a really beautiful way with this parable of the fig tree. So the Lord speaks about this, uh, this person who owns an orchard, and they've got this fig tree that's not bearing fruit. Now, I want you to imagine that you are that person, and the fig tree is your soul. And you say, wow, look at my soul. Here it is. What a nice fig tree. Pretty, pretty good-looking soul we got here. Pretty good-looking fig tree. But there's no fruit. Well, that's no good. So you go find the gardener, Jesus. And Jesus says, well, what, what can we do here? And you say, well, you know what? Maybe we could just toss it. It's not bearing any fruit. It's not important. Jesus is like, well, hang on a second. I bet I could help turn this around. I bet I could help this fig tree bear fruit with some cultivation. I bet I can help this fig tree bear fruit. Just give me one year. So, okay, Jesus, I'll give you a year. And then give the gardener some time to work on this this tree with the permission of the one who owns it and the cooperation that, you know, maybe there's some mites, something we didn't recognize before. You remove the mites. Maybe the the ground's kind of hard, so you got to break it up and you got to water it more. Maybe it needs fertilizer to help it bear fruit. And with that cooperation and with that cultivation of our Lord, here we have a fig tree that bears fruit. And that is what it means to cooperate with our Lord in repentance. To recognize this tree, my life in faith, my relationship with the Lord is not bearing fruit. So what do I do? I recognize those things where maybe there's something wrong here. And then I invite the Lord into that. Lord, I recognize, as painful as it is, that I'm struggling with this, that there's a wound here that needs healing, or that perhaps I'm carrying something that isn't good for me that's preventing me from uh, uh, bearing fruit. Perhaps it's a lack of something, that I need something to nourish me. That receiving of the Eucharist, that bread that feeds me, the living bread of God, 
Perhaps it's more involvement with the scripture or be more involved with my faith community. Recognizing these things and these ways in which I can help the Lord and invite him in to cultivate my soul, cultivate my heart, and cultivate my relationship with him so that I may bear fruit. So what I would like to encourage us today, uh, we're at almost the midpoint of Lent, is to recognize those things in our lives that are preventing us from that growth, from that cultivation, from bearing fruit. Not to procrastinate, a call out of procrastination, but to look for those things that are pressing that I've been putting off. Those things that I've hidden away, that I've locked away because they are hard to face or difficult. But to be brave, to pull them out and to look at them for what they are. To ask the Lord for that assistance, whether it be healing, whether it be moving through a difficult temptation or struggle, whether it be recognizing that I can be called into this greater relationship with the Lord and taking those active steps to make that possible. So my challenge then is this, that just as the Lord says you have one year, or give me one year to cultivate so that this uh, fig tree may bear fruit, I encourage us now to think beyond just Lent, but to recognize our time on this earth is limited and to start thinking within that context, that limitation of one year. How can I help the Lord and invite him into my life so that I can cultivate my my life of faith, my relationship with him, my soul, so that it bears fruit? Not so that I'm just comfortably sitting as a couch potato Catholic, but that my faith, my relationship with God, the new life I have entered into through Jesus Christ now bears fruit, that I recognize those things that are important, those things are, that are uh, pressing, and to engage in them, not by procrastinating, but by living according to the Father's will. And in doing so, beginning also continually that, that repentance, that life of repentance, and that recognition of God's love and mercy in our lives as beloved sons and daughters. Amen.